1: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
0: The voice of the blues, Chris Kerber, joining us here as he does every Monday morning on 101 ESPN. Good morning, Kerbs. How are you doing?
2: Randy, Michelle, I'm doing great. Uh, great weekend. We got the Christmas decorations down. We saw a great <laughs> hockey game. I mean, I got it. I I look at this as a heck of a good weekend.
0: No doubt. Hey, I want to start with this because Chris Pronger was in his prime as you started as the voice of the Blues. What are your strongest memories of calling games with Prongs playing about 30, 35 minutes a night?
2: You know, he – I think you guys have touched on this earlier in the show, but when when I've been asked this question a lot lately about what what you remember about Chris Pronger, it was just sheer dominance – it, it was a competitive drive that, I mean, honestly, I, I haven't seen matched. It, it's unbelievable. He he could he could take over a game. He'd play 30, sometimes 35 minutes a game and, and would dominate every time. And my favorite part, absolute favorite part of watching Chris Pronger play would be when, uh, even prior to the trade when Keith Kachuk would come in front of the net and then Adam Foote would come in the front of the net. Some of the greatest on battles you've ever seen in front of the net would be Adam Foote going to the front of the net and Chris Pronger meeting him right there. And it's still a part of the game today that I wish somehow the league would find a way to get back because it took guts. And you heard as you guys played that cut from Chief, you know, you'd go in to hit him and you'd get a stick in the face. I talked to Al McInnes about it, and Al's a fantastic line, you know, is is the the fact that you almost hated playing with him because you knew the puck was going to get dumped into your corner, then instead of his, he was just a guy that could control the game. And the other part about him, uh, Randy, that you know, and, and you got to see a lot of this. Uh, the, the average fan maybe didn't. He was he was just one of my favorite guys to interview because one, he held the media accountable. You, if you asked him a yep. dumb question, he'd give you a look. You know, and it wasn't him being a jerk. He, he didn't do it like just to, you know, there, there wasn't this Bill Belichick in him that, you know, that just made, you know, was just a jerk to be one. You know, the, the, he it, it was actually part of the shtick and part of the fun. And, uh, and I would always, the first interview game one of every single year uh, that I've been here, I've always interviewed the captain, you know, for a, a piece for game one. And he and I, you know, and I told him, I said, listen, I, I know you get a lot of demands. I'm not going to come to you very often you know, for things. But when I do, you'll know it'll be an important thing. And he he was awesome about it. So uh, what? it's a special, special night tonight. That ceremony starts at 6. From my standpoint, it's a tremendous honor to be able to emcee the event. I did it for Al's. and To get to do it again for Chris here is is really cool. And it's one of the great honors of a team, I think.
1: Curbs, I wouldn't want to be one of those media members that's getting that look from prongs after I asked a bad question, that's for sure.
2: Well, (laughs) listen, there was one. This happened before I got here, because and Randy, I think you could back me up on this. I believe this happened after they lost to San Jose in the two thousand playoffs, and um, one of the one of the TV stations or somebody had sent in someone that just didn't know a whole lot about hockey, and they asked Chris in the locker room after that Game Seven loss, so what do you think your chances are of winning the Stanley Cup? Yeah. And and he just kind of gave her a look, and you know, well, not very good. (laughs) I remember that.
1: That's a pretty good one. Well, Curbs,
2: some deserve it, to be honest with you. For sure.
1: Sometimes we all mess up asking the questions. But I wanted to ask you about the perception of Chris Pronger. Obviously, tonight he is getting his number retired and he's one of the most beloved and revered blues in franchise history. But that wasn't the case when he first came here. So how did you watch the perception of Chris Pronger from the fans evolve over time?
2: Oh, he, he earned it. You know, he'll he'll tell you too, and and I don't know what his speech will be tonight, but but he said this, you know, in some interviews that I've done with him. You know, you get traded here for he was the second overall pick. Alexander Digg was the first overall pick that year to the Ottawa Senators. And and Brian Burke was with the was with the Hartford Whalers at the time that Chris was drafted. And they actually traded up, I believe it might have been San Jose that had that second pick. They traded up with San Jose to get that pick and chose Chris Pronger. Well, you know, as an 18 year old and just a, a young, immature kid coming into the national hockey league, you know, it, it wasn't easy on him. He had a really hard first few years in the NHL. And after two years in Hartford, then you get traded here to St. Louis. And, and it's not like you got traded for anybody. You got traded for one of the most popular players in the franchises. Mike Keenan continued that run of trading on anybody who was more popular than he was. And so, you know, it was it was a difficult start for him, but he settled in. Uh, having Al McInnes here, I think, was absolutely enormous for him and helped him become uh, the player person he did. And 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 then it grew. I, I think in the end, you know, I, I don't I don't think anybody at this point in time, or anybody even by the time it was done for Chris Pronger here in St. Louis, I, I don't think anybody could look at that anymore and say that that was a bad trade. Now, and I'll tell you, the one person to the very end. To the absolute very end that defended that trade every single day was Bobby Plager, mm-hmm. Bobby, Bobby and Randy. I know you've talked to him about this too. Bob, Bobby, I know Mike Keenan took a ton of heat for that uh, trade. And Mike Keenan deserves a ton of heat for a lot that he did here, but man, I'll tell you what. If you said Bobby, that was a that I can't believe that trade still happened. Bobby would jump all over you, and he'd, he'd give you the details. I mean, it was something else. So look, in the end, it turned out to be a, a terrific, terrific trade for the St. Louis Blues. You end up trading a Hall of Famer for a Hall of Famer, and and uh, and Chris not only just a, a great part of the organization became and still is such a fabric of the community.
0: Curbs, let's talk about this team. A lot of consternation yesterday, and actually over the last couple of weeks about. Jordan Binnington, and we get questions every single morning about Jordan Binnington, and does he still have it? What is your thought about what you've seen from Binnington in 2021-2022?
2: You know what? Look, the thing that, that – well, first off, I, I think it's a fair question for, for people to ask the, the way this season has gone, but you still have to look at everything as a whole. He's played the majority of the game, and you're within a few points of first place in your own division. So I think that's that's number one. But if you look at it individually, I I do think that there's another level to his game. Now he competes and he gives his team every single chance to win. I still can't believe the numbers when I break them down on, on how many times, I mean, you know, the singles blues have actually only entered the third period down by two goals, two times all year. (laughs) I mean, it's some, just, it's just crazy numbers. And, and, and even look at that last game, which I know in the end is a little frustrating the way it ended, but the, Three goals are given up. It's their three snipers that score it in the slot all alone. And, and he still battles back, makes some huge saves, you know, to give the team a chance to climb back into it. And the team did. And unfortunately, in and on a goal that no doubt he, he would want to have back, you know, but I always I, I learned a long time ago to always look at what led to the goal. And, you know, a veteran D-man going back behind the net with it, missed his man. They left Falk All out there all alone at the end of a two-minute shift. That there was just so much wrong. That happened during that shift. Um, that in the game of hockey, I don't think you just look at the goaltender on that last goal, Randy. I think you got to look at the defense. You got to look at the forwards. There were two or three chances just to lift the puck, clear the zone, and regroup, and um, and and there were just kind of brain farts all the way around. So um, I, I think Jordan has to be better. I think he will be better. I think he's got in his game. He's got that drive, yeah, and and somehow you know they've got to start cutting down on some of the goals against with with him in net. Uh, But having said that, man, they're in every single game that he's in goal. And it's almost been that way since he started here. It's a crazy number.
0: Well, tonight's going to be fun. And aside from the fact that 44 is going up in the rafters, this is a big game for the Blues because this Nashville team is not a team that is doing what most of us expected. I I didn't think they'd be in first place.
2: No, this is actually a huge game from that standpoint when you look at it from a standings because you've got Colorado lurking. You know, Colorado has been able – they get to take games off once people get hurt and things like that. It's kind of a weird situation. But uh, Colorado is lurking. They've taken over the top of the division in terms of tight. They played four fewer games in Nashville, three fewer than the Blues. And the Blues are only two points uh, out of it. So a victory here, and you will have tied Nashville back in points. You've got a better goal differential than Nashville. You've scored more goals than Nashville. Uh, you, you've you've actually allowed what a couple fewer goals than they have as well. This is going to be a well well balanced game, and and hopefully uh, you know we knew, we know Tarasenko skated a couple days ago. Hopefully a couple extra guys get back in the lineup too. I still when I consider the play, I go back to that last game real quick, Randy. You 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 put five up on the Toronto Maple Leafs and you had no Tarasenko, Shen, Perron, Butchnevich, and Pareko in the lineup. I mean, it's really what this team is doing is it is, is just opens your eyes and, and just gives you continued hope. Okay, let's get through COVID. Let's get healthy here. And then we can finally see what the team's going to do in the second half.
0: Curbs, always great to have you with us. Uh, we'll see you tonight at the rink and uh, have fun with the ceremony.
2: Yeah, you got it. Thanks, Randy. It'll be an awesome night. And again, everybody, that, that ceremony starts at 6, so everybody get down there early.
1: Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard.